You know, as, as I was thinking about this service this morning, this message this morning, I, I just believe that some of us, even me, can kind of get down and we kind of go about certain things and, and just get in a groove. But, but it, God wants us to look at it a slightly different way. You know, this past Thanksgiving night, Gloria and my oldest daughter, Jody, were out there. Was it Kmart that opened at 9? Gloria? Target. Target at 9. 8 o'clock. And she was there when the doors were open. Sears has all these specials, and, and they had them for just a little bit of time. Some say that they ran out of certain of these items in, in seconds. If you got to get there, you got to camp out. And, and the shoppers are going about this with a passion. When Gloria shops, and now she's had this extra mission now this year because she was down at the, rescue, at the urban mission, and, and Ashley Steele talked about the, uh, the little things for the kids, and they were adopting kids for Christmas. And so i got to adopt this. And so now she's looking for the trucks and all this stuff. And, and when she shops, you've got to get out of her way because she, she is going. Now, to me, where I like to go is just sit on the bench. How many fathers know that? Yes. We sit on the bench and let them go. But, but oftentimes we live life with a similar kind of focus. We, we get focused in on the stuff that's the stuff that we've got to do. You know, the making of the sandwiches, making of the meals, and, and we've got to get to work on this time. We've got so many loans to do for, for um, Nick and his job, and, and we get stuck in that. And, and, but I think the Lord would want to show us, and I hope he shows you through what we're going to talk about today, that as we prepare for Christmas, and, and we can go through all the Christmas stuff, we can pull ourselves, ourselves away long enough to look at Christmas on another level. We're going to look at the book of Luke, which is a great book for uh, this study of the Christmas story. And uh, we're going to look at a nice elderly couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And uh, they were just not a, a, lot of, a lot of special stuff going on for them. But God seemed to begin to move into their lives in the supernatural. God had a message for Zechariah and Elizabeth. And could there be a principle here in this story that could apply for you and for me? And, and the Bible likes to do that. You know, this, this book, and my wife got me this new Bible last, last Christmas. And I really like it. And it's, it has the NIV here and the message here on two columns. And, but it, it, it just, as we begin to look at it and say, it's not just stories of the past and not just stories that we can say, oh, those were nice stories. But how do certain of the things that are happening in those stories apply to us? The Bible contains stories of people, ordinary people. But they get caught up in the intersection of a God of the supernatural and a man of the natural. And when these two intersect, all things 
become possible. But the limiting part of the equation is never God, you understand. It's always us. But there is always a a natural side to the supernatural. Now, I hope this, there's a couple of key points here. And if, if, if you can, you can write this down. There's almost always a natural side to the supernatural. You see, God needed Mary to bring Jesus into the world. He needed Moses and Moses' staff to open up the Red Sea. He needed Moses to stand up to the mighty uh, Egyptian pharaoh. He needed Elijah, a man of faith, to have enough faith to set up a demonstration of God's power on Mount Carmel and bring the fire down. But there is a natural side to the supernatural. In so many cases, we we see God wanting to work through us. And, and as we begin thinking about the Christmas story, we see how God brought people into the wonderful story to show us, among other things, that individuals can fit into the heavenly plan. It's a plan so cool, beyond the natural, beyond the natural. And it, it includes a lot of ordinary people. And I suppose God could have brought Jesus into this planet, onto this planet, through the Star Trek means of moving people. Was that the transporter? How many? They would go into the transporter room. And then they, and, and, and I suppose if they could do it on Star Trek, God could do it, couldn't he? Yeah, he could have, but, but he wanted to involve people. Now, I, and I want you to make sure you understand, he wanted to use and involve people like you and me, and, and he's continuing to do that. And, and so this morning, I, I hope you can join me as we look this Christmas and this Christmas season and, and begin to prepare our hearts for the miraculous. And we're going to look at the Luke chapter 1 verse 5 to 25 in just a little bit. And, and we need to open up our ideas of the possibility that there's more to life than surviving. There is a miraculous level. There is a miraculous level. Mary, we, we can remember the, the regular stuff of Christmas. Mary, Joseph, wise men, shepherds. But before all that happened in Luke chapter 2, we have Luke chapter 1. And, and I think it's, it's interesting that God brought a, a, an elderly couple into the Christmas story in, in a supernatural way. And so before we could read chapter 2, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree, and, and we, can, we can look at all of that in chapter 2. Let's look at chapter 1. And I'm going to read a little bit of this. I may read it all. Luke chapter 1, 25. Excuse me, Luke chapter 1, 5 through 25. 20 verses. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who 
belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. That's a great verse, isn't it? Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord, Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you, and I tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true in their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting and for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple. He kept making signs to them, but remained, remained unable to speak. When his time of service was complete, he returned home and his wife, Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord had done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you in your word you show over and over how you care for people in their various situations. Some of them may not seem glamorous. But, Lord, you have, uh, uh, you have worked over time in people, and you care about how they process the supernatural and how they process life with you. Lord, just allow your wisdom to flow through this this morning. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Doesn't the church look nice? And, and we should give a little hand to Susan and her crew. Yes. Very, very nice. Thank you, Susan, for heading that up.
Now, in this pre-Christmas story, God begins to open up some things, and he's setting up the, uh, the whole ministry of, of course, John the Baptist, who will be uh, the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth. But, but the angel gives six uh, promises to Zechariah. Your prayers are going to be answered. Verse 13 says, your prayer has been heard. God will supernaturally bless you. Verse 13 says, your wife Elizabeth will bear a son. You and your people will know joy and gladness. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And how many will rejoice. And the fourth promise, your child is going to be great. Verse 15 talks about that. And Israel will see national revival. Your child is to be the forerunner of the soon coming Messiah. But Zechariah had a hard time pulling this all together. He knew he was old. He knew his wife was old. And so he doubted and responded by essentially saying, give me some more evidence, angel. I don't know if I have, would have enough nerve if the angel walked into my room. Give me more evidence. But we do it, don't we? And so he's, but he, in the scripture, in verse 18, it says, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Now, that well along, according to Jewish tradition, could have been 55 years old. Islamic tradition says he could have been 95. He was up there. And in the natural, it would be a logical response, could it not, if it wasn't the angel speaking. But he is there. The angel appears in the room and he doubts. But Zechariah wasn't the first to doubt. Remember Peter? When he was out walking on the water and then he started to fall and, and Jesus said to him in Matthew, O ye of little faith, why do you doubt? And uh, the disciples on one occasion, Jesus said to them, you, or it was recalled that they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. Remember Gideon? He doubted the word of God. He said, show me. Give me a I want to put a fleece out to see. Would you do this? Would you do it this way? Would you do it this way? But, but we need to be careful of that. You know, we can, we can sometimes make an excuse and say the fleece concept is, 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 is okay. But I believe God wants us to believe without doubting. James 1.6. James 1.6. Six, ask in faith without any doubt. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea given and tossed by the wind. The scripture talks about doubt. But humans doubt. Even I doubt. I wonder, I wonder. And, and it's sometimes hard for us to accept the plain promises of God when they can't be explained Naturally. Second Corinthians five seven. But church, 
We walk by faith, not by sight. Say that with me, would you? For we walk by faith, not by sight. Say it one more time. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now say it with commitment, okay? Now that's, that was kind of wishy-washy. For we walk by faith, not by sight. You see, our, our natural sight sees things in the natural. And, and we've got to begin to prepare our spirits, prepare our hearts, and understand that even though the, the earth seems to function under what we can sometimes refer to as normal physical laws, God wants to work through his people in an area way beyond that, in the arena of the miraculous. And we see it over and over. And still we, we can sometimes say, well, I don't know, we can't. No, that was for time past. Can it happen in my life? Can it happen in my life? But, but we see in the Christmas story, we see the miraculous over and over. We see the angel chorus. We, we see the, the wise men being directed by a, a step-by-step GPS star. Turn left. And, and we see the incarnation happening. God brought to earth in, in human form. We see miraculous people responding. We see Mary, this teenage girl, accept the angel-directed plan in her body. Teenage boy, except maybe just a little bit beyond teenage, but accepts the angel explanation for why his girlfriend is pregnant. Angels directing the shepherds. Wise men following the star. And on and on it goes. But Christmas is a story of the miraculous. It's a story of the miraculous, but not just to remind us of a miraculous past, but to direct our thinking to a miraculous future. And and can I just bring out a few points this morning to help us to prepare for the miraculous? And I'd like to make maybe make number one point. Live a life ready to take a phone call from God. Live a life. How many have had a phone call from God once? Twice. And, and, and it's just like he rang your number. Or maybe you had a, a minister, uh, and I've had these on occasion where I've been in a service where the guy reads my life like it's a book. It's like I get a, a phone call from God. And, and I'm, I'm believing, want to believe, church, that, that we can function and we can prepare our lives to live in a state of readiness to receive a phone call from God. And, and it was almost like that in Zechariah's life. Zechariah was a priest. And he, he basically had kind of a, 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 you know, and we were trying to do some research on exactly what his daily schedule was. But I know he didn't uh, do his high priestly duties often. And it shows that, uh, that in, in this period of time, he, he, would, he would have this one little segment and, and short periods of time. And, and maybe he was doing some other duties too. 
but, but it can be a, a time of mundaneness. And, and, and in this, time, this period, whole long period of time that we're talking here, there was 400 years when it says that they were in the midst and silent. There was no prophecy, no recorded angelic announcement, no significant miracles to speak of. But there were two people, at least, Zechariah and Elizabeth, that were faithful to God. And, and the scripture bears that out. Verse 6, both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. And, and sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes there can be months in my life when it doesn't seem like we're living in the top of the mountain. Now, it's probably not for any of you here, but maybe for other people uh, that, you know, don't go to Word of Life. But, but it can be like almost silent years. And, and, but when there's no fanfare, when there's nobody watching, when there's little to look forward to to tomorrow, can we live like Zechariah and Elizabeth did? Faithful. Faithful, doing the commands of God. And, and it's not like he... He knocks on our door every day, but we're in a ready state. We're ready to take that call. Zechariah seemed so into the momentum of doing his duty that he fails to realize the significance of this angel walking into his life. And, and I can't quite imagine that, you know, if, if, uh, if an angel would just walk in here and start to talk to Billy and say, Billy, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. But sometimes we can get so we, we fall into the pattern that we only expect the natural. We fall into the trap that God created the world and left, then left us to fend for ourselves. If I don't do it, who will do it? If uh, God created me with intelligence so I can do it myself, you know, I, I, I don't have to, to count on God because sometimes I don't hear God, you know, and, and we can kind of get into that mode. But I want to encourage you to, to, to live differently. I want us to begin to see First off, I want us to begin, begin to see the miraculous in the ordinary. Do you know where I'm going? You know, when, when I think of the miraculous in the ordinary, I, I, I think of a lot of things. You know, I, I think of how, was it 44 or 45 years ago? 46. You know... I, I, I think how in, in just the ordinary course of going to college there, Gloria was in that red dress. And, and, and I have been blessed for numbers of years that sometimes I forget exactly what the number was, but it's, it's up there. And, and this, this woman has, she's a special gift to me. She has put up with me a long time. 
and and sometimes I don't call when I'm going to be late or you know and 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 she has been comfortable with that for a number of years. She has been a blessing and in in kind of the the, the routine of life, you know, being married, it's 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 stuff that you, but but we we don't realize how God has whoa. He has blessed me. He has blessed me with Gloria my screamer soprano, you know, that can just get those high notes. And uh, has been singing soprano with a, a group similar to this for 42 years, 43 years. God has blessed us in the ordinary. Can you think of an ordinary, kind of an ordinary way God has blessed you? Who volunteer? Marie? Not too long, though. Three sentences. I just want to tell you how, what a blessing it was to be in the delivery room for my two grandchildren and my daughter delivered, and how what a blessing it was to see those babies and to get to just pretty much look like that right now. Is, is that cool? The blessings in the ordinary. Somebody else, just quick, just a couple sentences. Blessing in the ordinary that you say, man, how did God allow that to me? And just to allow that to happen in my life. Okay, you'll think of it later. Blessings in the ordinary. I think of, of our Word of Life family, and when I go up to see Walt, and, and he just brags on the Word of Lifers. He says, you know, I, I, I recognize and I sense their, their prayers for me, and, and many of you have, have stopped to see him, and uh, he is just... A, he is just blessed. And, and we have a, a family that cares for one another. You know, I, I think of the deer, that's D-E-E-R, the deer stew that we had yesterday. And I think that Dan Dean shot it and, and Leonard cut it up. A blessing. Was that cool or what? We can have some deer for, to, to cut up and put in the crock pot. And, and we are blessed in the ordinary. Over and over, we are blessed in the ordinary. But I believe, church, that we can continue to believe that God will give us faith to, to have faith for the extraordinary in our lives. Sometimes we can get, we can get kind of caught up and say, well, it's, you know, I don't know. But I believe God wants to tell us that we can have faith to believe that God can throw into our daily schedule the miraculous and the supernatural. That's where faith comes in. That's where faith comes in. Faith is something that, uh, if we can do it ourselves, it's really not faith. Faith is beyond that. And, and I ran across this scripture, and I, I think I told some, maybe the last prayer meeting on, on Wednesday, but Psalms 5.3. Look at this scripture. Every morning you hear me at it again. This is kind of David talking to God. Every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on your altar and watch for fire to descend. That's Psalm Five three in the message uh, translation, but you see, as as we get up in the morning, and we can not just say, "God help me to get to work on time, help the car to work, help this to work, help that to work," but we can say, "God, you you, you know me, 
You know, we're gonna, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there. I have to go here. I have to go there. But can you intersect with my life in the extraordinary? I'm going to kind of lay it out. And it's now available to use as Mary, the Virgin Mary, said to the angel, use me. Joseph said, you know, if this is what you want me to do, I'll take, I'll take her as my wife, and I don't understand this child, but I'm, I'm going to take it on faith. I'm going to believe you. We need to, to reach out. So we can live life ready to take that phone call from God, and then we can pray with persistence. Here's another great thing that we notice about Zechariah. He kept praying in spite of the lack of the answer. Now, I imagine they started praying for a child early on. So even if he was 55 when they had their child, or was he 95, he prayed for a long time. But the Bible says we can, we can keep praying. He who seeks finds to him who knocks, the door will be open. It's all right to keep knocking. Prayer didn't come yesterday. Prayer didn't come that you prayed two years ago. Keep knocking. And and it's it's shown for us in the word, in, in the gospel in the gospels, in the gospel message over and over. Uh, it is the whole concept of Luke ten, or excuse me, Luke eleven ten, it's it's written where there is a continuous sense of, of that asking and knocking. We can continue. Literally, it means whoever keeps on asking, keeps on seeking, keeps on knocking, will be answered. So, Zechariah and Elizabeth kept on praying. And God gave them a baby. We can live a life ready to take the phone call. We can pray with persistence. And we can believe that God's word is enough. Now this, uh, this concept, I hope you can get your head around it. Because really the, the crime, as it were, of Zechariah, when, when he said, you know, my, I'm old. What was the exact line? Um, I'm, I'm old and, and, you know, can this happen kind of to me? But the, the thing that Zechariah missed was he, he wanted more from the Gabriel. How can, this, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. You know, as, as good Christian earthly fathers say, Christmas is coming the earthly kid can say, well, I don't know if it's ever going to get here. Can I have my presence now? Now, sometimes we will kind of give in to that. Well, maybe we can have some presence on Christmas Eve and then some Christmas presence on Christmas. But, but I think we can kind of come to God that way. He has gifts for us, and he says... I have something for you. And we want to say, I want it now. 
I want it now. And sometimes, church, that isn't the way God works. That isn't the way God works. You see, we demand greater evidence. Greater evidence, and it's, it's more evidence than God is willing to give. When we look, or let me read this line. We, we must learn the simple truth that God's word is enough. God's word is enough. And when we, we try to reinterpret this, we, we see that the angel Gabriel gave all these promises to Zechariah. Your prayers are going to be answered. God will supernaturally bless you. You, will, you. you and your people will know joy. Your child is to be great. Israel will see national revival. Your child is a forerunner of the soon coming Messiah. But Zechariah doubted. And Gabriel wasn't pleased. Let me read again what Gabriel said back to Zechariah. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent here to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. We can't quite understand why Zachariah with an angel in the room couldn't jump up and start building the crib. But you see, it, it, it speaks, and God is, is trying to say to this, to that to us in many times, in many ways. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through impressions in our spirit. And, and you know, I believe God is, is here to, to help me to tell you that God has spoken to you about some things. God has spoken to you about some things. And, and he wants you to begin to continue to receive that word. He has spoken to you about your life. He has spoken to you about your life plans. But you may be uh, maybe a little bit like Zechariah. How can this, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along years. Or you can say, God, you said those things a long time ago. You said that, and, and somebody said that and said that into my life a long time ago. But did you notice what Gabriel said to Zechariah? Because you did not believe, but these will come true at their proper time. And, and, you know, church, if I can be completely transparent, there's things in my life that, that I sense God has said to me that, happen, that haven't been materialized. They haven't fully come to, to play yet. But, but I believe God is, is wanting to say to us, hang on to that. Hang on to that word. Hang on to that word. And I believe God will reveal it in his proper time. In his proper time. Nick, if you'd come to the keyboard. I'd like to just speak to two different groups of people here this morning.
There may be some of you out here this morning that you've been hearing about this Christian thing. You've been hearing about this Jesus. But you really haven't quite bought into it completely. You really haven't quite bought into it. You know there is a God. You know and you believe this God is up there. And you know this God loves you. And you're beginning to understand that Jesus was sent by God to live and to die and to to be resurrected on this earth to to restore restore us into fellowship with our God. And he he intends our lives to have a sense of purpose, a life of meaning, a life of direction. But some of you are in, in this whole first commitment to a real commitment to God as your personal Savior. You've, you've kind of said, well, I don't know. You say a little bit like Zechariah said, how can I be sure this is really the God that can change my life? How can I really be sure? And, and I believe God is wanting to say to you this morning, and I believe he's asked me to say it to you. That, that you can give your life to him completely. And life will be different. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to respond to that. But I, I believe there's also people in this congregation today that are a little bit like Zechariah and Elizabeth and you have uh, got caught in the mundane. You just go about your job. You get up in the morning. You do your stuff. You do your stuff. Do you do your stuff and do your stuff? And it may seem like your phone is disconnected or maybe you don't even hear it. Maybe you're faithful. But I believe some of you have been spoken to in your life that may have been almost beyond your faith box. You have faith for so much, but you're not sure that you quite have faith for that. But God is saying that in, in his time, in his time, he will, he will fulfill, he will fulfill. And God will do that work and, and he will allow you and even though it's out of the, 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 the laws of physics God has a plan for your life will you bow your heads with me let me go back to my first question and I want to see people go to heaven as a minister of the gospel I believe that there is is a heaven to, to go to and there's a hell to shun. And, and I believe that if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you haven't gone that far in your journey, you're, you're not going to go to that place. And I want to pray for you this morning. If you know you never really made that decision, you know that you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, I... I would ask that you just raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. 
I see that hand. I see that hand. You can put it down. Anybody else? Anybody else? Would you, would you two that, uh, as we all stand, would you please? And I'd like to ask those that raise your hand. Would you guys come down? I'd like to pray with you, and I'd like to ask Bob to come down. God wants you in his kingdom. He likes you a lot, you know that. And I believe as you make that decision, you've heard about Jesus, and as you make that decision, he's going to change your life. Bob, would you just mind maybe picking up a couple things? I'd like you to have time enough with them. Why don't we just go into the prayer room off to the side? Thank you for making that decision. Sure, sure. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'd like to extend the altar call to, to one more group. And this is personal to me because I, I believe it, it can be sometimes a discouragement in the body. Because even though you, like Zechariah and Elizabeth, have prayed and prayed, you haven't seen... So an aspect of maybe something that the Lord has given to you be fulfilled yet. And, and I want to pray two things with you. I want to, to pray for you that God will keep you strong as you wait. Because even though, you know, I could pray that it will be fulfilled the, the moment you walk out this door, it may not happen. But it will happen. If we, if we do not doubt and we accept him. And, and then I, I want to believe, that, I believe with you that, that God will, will complete the work. Will complete the work. And if there's any of you that you fall in that category, and if I could, I would go out there too. But, and I may. But I'd like you just as a step of faith and a step of acknowledgement to your God that you know that you have received a message from God. You've received that phone call. And God has a plan for you to be worked out in the days ahead. I'd like you just to step up to this altar. And let's see what God wants to do this morning to keep you strong in that. I will never be the same again. I can never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. I'll run away. I believe there's some more. Jesus, I will never be the same again. 
Nick sing it again. There's some more people that need to step up here. I will never, I will never be the same again. I will never return. I will walk the path. Lord, I thank you for that which you have given to us, that you've spoken into our lives. Because just like Zechariah and Elizabeth, you care for us. And you want us to be a part of that which is the supernatural thing that's going to happen in our lives. We know that there is has to be a natural within the supernatural. You work through Mary. You work through Elijah. You work through Gideon. Lord, you work through us to allow this supernatural to happen. Lord, and, and I ask that for each one, oh, for Mary, for Darlene, for Marie, Susan, Connie, Sandy, John, Malena, Lord, I believe there are pages to be revealed and to be visualized and to transpire in their lives. Lord, and I believe you will allow them, even in this day, to to get a confirmation in your spirit that it is still on the way. It is still on the way. The miraculous is not just, it didn't stop 2,000 years ago. It is still happening. And lives are changed and, and brought into completeness as we see what you want to do. Do your work. Do your work. In the journey, Keep them strong, O oh God. Never doubting, but waiting patiently in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I ask that as we go about our, our weekly activities, about even this, these Christmas activities, that we will, we will go out and interact with people, that we'll be able to shine the gospel light as, as bright as the star was to the wise men. Allow our, the light to shine that, that we can be vessels. Protect us. Keep your hands of, of protection over us, O oh God. Let us work under your umbrella as it were. Bless the word of life. Family, as we go out today, we'll be sure to praise you for what you do. Sing it again for me. I will never be the same again. I will never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. I'll run the rain. And I will never. Sing that last line again. And I will never be the same. And I will never be the same. God bless you, folks. We'll see you maybe this afternoon or next Sunday. God bless. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.